Seth Rogen and company chose to go the divisive way. Turtles is my number one ultimate tip-top capstone nostalgic franchise. Did not really vibe with it the way I hoped. This has to be said and there must be a line drawn in the sand. Welcome back to the basics, friends, family, and fellow turtle fans. We're in the dojo today talking about none other than TMNT Mutant Mayhem. Some people would say this movie is radical, breathtaking, shell-shocking, riveting, shell-tastic, bossa nova, Chevy nova. As great as all those things sound, man, that's exactly what this film is not. Well, man, here we are. We just got done watching Mute Mayhem. Stayed up pretty late watching it, too, Bro, man. I am I am, like, emotionally drained at this point. That movie had me feeling some type of way, man. And some I think you, type of way. I think you saw it, and you were like, I I've never really seen you feel a, a way about a movie before, right? I think that you said that. Um. So we're going to definitely get into this film, TMNT, Mutant Mayhem. Let's go to the beginning, though. Baxter Stockman I starts will, off. Right in the beginning, I will say the one and only character that I personally could relate to at any mm. level mm. was Baxter Stockman. And then he's gone within like, I mean, he shows up later in the film. Does he? I think like one more time, it's like a flashback. Oh, when uh, Ice Cube is talking about his papa, his oh, father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But but as far as is like Baxter Stockman, I wasn't from the <clears throat> promo images. I was under the assumption I didn't really follow the actual film up until release mm -hmm. because I was just disgusted with a lot of stuff I saw. Yeah. And um, but Baxter Stockman, I don't understand the creative decision to add Baxter Stockman to this film and not have him be the fly. Yeah. How they like pivoted to the super fly? Is that a character in the super duper fly? In TMNT? Like is that something that maybe I don't know like in the lore? I don't know. Admittedly, I don't know anything about the last two animated Nickelodeons. Mm. What so is it, it could be recent. TMNT Rise, uh -huh. and then there was one before that or whatnot. I don't know what I don't know what the hell Nickelodeon is doing, bro. Yeah. Since day one, Nickelodeon is just it has been a downward spiral of whatever Nickelodeon is doing with the Turtles franchise. It's I don't know how you could stand. There's a line in the sand, but the people who stand and say Nickelodeon has done nothing but further progress the Turtles franchise. Bro, you are on some wild shit because... I mean, they're making films, if that's what you're talking about. is like They're, they're keeping it alive. They're, yeah, but what they're doing with it is not actually paying homage to what I would say is what we fell in love with, Turtles, right? Like... This film is a representation of that. It's like they're keeping it alive. They're continuing Ninja Turtles. But I will go on the record as saying that this is not a Ninja Turtles movie for us. 
for people who grew up with Ninja Turtles in the 80s and 90s and fell in love with that style of turtles. This is a new turtles for a new generation. I would say for our encampment of turtle fans, turtle fanatics, fanboys, hardcore lovers, I would immediately, anybody who knows me personally, they know at no matter what time in my life that they've known me, I have always been a massive Turtles fanboy. Mm. I'm, 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 it is in my DNA. Turtles is my number one ultimate tip-top capstone nostalgic franchise. Animated series, live-action films, when it comes to the 90s, anything. It is tip-top. It's capstone. It's my number one <laughs> franchise. And to see what they decided to do in this film with that franchise... And I, I kind of mentioned it last night as we were watching it. I think we had to pause it halfway. And I was just sort of in a state of almost like disgust. And I don't think I've personally ever felt that way watching something. So it was new for me. It was new for you to see me like that way. And I think I had to like even look away at the screen at one point because I was just like, I wanted so badly to be wrong about this film. Yeah, because it's turtles, because it's Ninja Turtles and the love that I have that you have for turtles. And I knew we were going to watch it together. I was like, I want to see it and be proven wrong. Right. Like yeah. I'm putting faith into it. It's Ninja Turtles. It's got to be good. It's got to be good. How can you just have. So I, I do will immediately say this. I'm going to say some stuff in this episode about this project. And in no way, shape, or form am I targeting an individual voice actor mm, mm -hmm. or um, any voice actors. Because the voice acting was good. In this it wasn't movie. bad. And at the level of the individual voice actors that did their role, they did their job, <laughs> they clocked in, they put their energy into these characters, I wouldn't say inherently any of them were bad besides probably Ice Cube. Um, yeah, he was um, just Ice Cube. That, that that that's one gripe that obviously i have you could have still had ice cube be baxter stockman as the fly right because he would be like and i was like okay you know there's some fly vibes because when the fly would talk he would shredder yeah. and so like okay okay it's there and it would have made sense too you could have just made him baxter no stockman. way anything i say is directed towards any one of these individuals Everything I say is directed at the creatives that created this project, mm -hmm. the director, the writers, and the producers. Mm -hmm. The people that are working on this project, uh, as far as the animators, everyone's just doing their job, right? But the creative decisions to create this this way, um, and we, we'll get into a, one of our segments and, and discuss <laughs> that. <laughs> but I wanted to dive into the um, environments and the characters. It's exactly like Spider-Man. When you think Spider-Man, you think NYC, mm -hmm. right? When yep. you think Daredevil, you're thinking Hell's yeah. Kitchen, right? Even like when you know like Fantastic Four, this is New York, yeah, right? All these things. When you think Superman, you think Metropolis, Smallville. When you think Ninja Turtles, you think New York. Sewers. Pizza. Right. Well, I'm just talking about location as far as New York. Mm, mm -hmm. When you watch 
the old Turtles movies, you get a New York vibe. You hear the that streets. W- that sounds, was missing. The cars. Completely missing. There was no New York vibe. Nothing. I'm sorry. Yeah, it didn't have it didn't capture that. Some of the scenes that like are fresh in my mind is like them hopping from the rooftop buildings, which was kind of like straight out of the cartoons or like the animated series. Um, so like there is that. They were on rooftops and stuff. Um, so I obviously I kind of like that because I was like, oh, okay, I I relate, right? I've seen that before. But yeah, it missed the mark as far as like capturing that same feel for a Turtles series, franchise, film. And I think for me, maybe a part of that was like the animation. The animation was 100% dog shit. Mm -hmm. I feel like this was like, should have been a Nickelodeon. They should have just released this on their Nickelodeon services, wherever the the hell streaming services nickelodeons are part of yeah this should have been like a this is like a you're back in the day we would describe films as that's like an a film a b film a c rated film right low budget independent oh that's like a c that's like that's straight to sci-fi remember back in the days of 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 cable television yeah straight to tv yeah straight to tv straight to video straight to demand whatever that was what this movie was this was like the most laziest uncreative disrespectful abomination of a franchise that everyone loves and as soon as i heard seth rogan was not only a part of this but he was spearheading this i immediately got my gut reaction to know Seth Rogen is going to do everything he can. He's going to divide. Like divert from what Turtles is. We'll get into that a little heavier later, but I have never known the Turtles to walk away from a pizza party. So that leads me to like the characters, right? The way the characters were written in this film seemed very unoriginal Turtle-like. Right. They weren't the same sort of and not every turtle because Donnie was very much Donnie. Donatello. I have never been a huge Donatello or Leonardo fan. I vibe more with Michelangelo. Party dude. Pizza time. Always happy, always smiling, kind of co carefree, go lucky. I vibe with that. That's who I feel like I have that same type of energy, right? And so naturally, I vibe with that person. Even Raphael, I understand. But I have never really been a fan of Leonardo and Donatello. Which is wild. Like, I couldn't really relate so much. But in this film, I feel like they made them the more likable characters. And that I could relate more because... I strongly believe while I was watching it, I was seeing little pieces of Michelangelo scattered scattered throughout the film in different characters, except for Michelangelo. Michelangelo was a clear cut, clear example of character assassination. Splinter, clear cut character assassination. April O'Neil, 
clear-cut character assassination, even though I do want to talk about April O'Neil. So that's three characters out of, like, the original main, like, character cast, right? That they just, like, cut in half. We're going to replace those with what we want. The I honestly will say, as a Turtles fan, I think it's clear that Michelangelo is a fan favorite. Um, with Raphael throughout the generations has kind of been more of a fan favorite. People love Raphael a lot. More people relate to him because of what it is of how they've kind of molded him into he's angry because he's emotional. He wears his heart on his sleeve. Mm -hmm. He's going to let you know how he feels, man. Right. And so a lot of people relate to that. And Mm -hmm. I love that. I love what they do throughout the generations of what they've done with Raphael. They they have explored his character more. And that's what you should do with these characters. Dive more into why they are the way they are and, and, and explore that. I didn't feel that at all I in this Raphael. I feel bad. Straight up bad, bro. Of what they did to Raphael. Raphael is... He seemed like irrelevant in this was movie, he, to be honest. I mean, no... I'm not trying to shame body types, bro, but they just made him fat. Yeah, he was like, it, the the way they drew him was just kind of he was him and Michelangelo. Pudgy. Remember, Michelangelo had kind of like a, they even say it in the in the film, uh, you're like Stewie sh- mixed with, um, hey Arnold, like your head shape is just Did weird. Did they say that? They said it, bro, and I was just like, why? Ninja Turtles have never had a head shape like that. Like I, I don't. I mean, Ninja Turtles' head shapes are very a little like, bit, oblong. but they're yeah, they're still a little. Uh, I guess so. They yeah. are, but it was dramatic. Yeah, it was, it was dramatic. And it was different from the other turtles. Donnie and Leo, out of the four, looked more like turtles mm-hmm. than all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a big fan of making all the turtles look dramatically different, like they had. Um, I get the Donnie. He's the geeky of yeah. The you know, like I like that about Donnie. Mm-hmm. Tech geek, that's cool. But he's the, wearing a fanny pack. He got the fanny pack <laughs> with his phone. You know, like he was the most. I even there. Like I want to get into some things I do like. Like I love their bedroom. Mm-hmm. That was some turtle vibes. But as soon as it was there, it was stripped away from you. I think you even told me you were like, oh, N64, it's in there. They like, had like a mutated N64. You saw the console and the controller. That was and, cool. Yeah, that was cool. Um, I loved how Donnie had keyboard and a monitor, right? You know, I love my <laughs> setups. I love my keyboards. I'm a tech guy as well. Yeah. Um, I got keyboards all around. And I love the fact that he's laying next to his keyboard and a monitor. Like, mm-hmm. that's how he sleeps. And I, I love that. But as soon as it was there, it was gone and never revisited. Um, the I, fact that the turtles walked away from a pizza party that their father threw for them, it just shows you that these creators walked away from the lore of turtles. That's kind of what I was going to go on to. They turned their back on everything. Is like they really like didn't show like their natural like love for pizza like in in the older films. As soon as you even mention pizza, you have that shot where he's like pizza. Like what you said the magic word. Pizza lovers, pizza enthusiasts, pizza Every, connoisseurs, bro. And it and was just not there. It's not in the film. When you associate turtles, you associate it with pizza. It's not there, really. I mean, yes, they do eat pizza in the film. 
You have um, Michelangelo saying, "Hey, I put waffles on my pizza." <laughs> that was kind of weird. I don't, I don't know, um, but it's like similar to the anchovies, right? It kind of made me think about that. It's like waffles, waffles. I have no idea where that. Even came though from. that does sound delicious, it might be good. It's better than pineapple, I guess. <laughs> but then um, you have. I'll go super duper fly up in this motherfucker right now and destroy the dojo. You better put that pineapple and the anchovies and the gumdrops and the freaking everything. Candy corn. I don't give a snap. Yo, chill, cuzzo. Chill. Okay. Um, we, co- we cousins, right? We cousins in here. Cousins. It's all family love. Um, <laughs> the part that I like, again, they, they seem like they took parts that I love about Michelangelo and put it to other characters, like Mikey's obsession with April O'Neil. That was directed towards Leo. Leo. Leo was like on the phone trying to flirt and like, he you looked like a high school prom? kid. Like he took her to, to, and we're just friends, right? April O'Neil was like, we're yeah. just his friends. He's right? like, oh, it's a date. <laughs> and she's like, wait, what, what? Like. So that originally was like a Mikey thing, right? And, or or even Raphael. I mean, but it's a turtle thing. But it's a turtle thing, yeah. Right. But Raphael really didn't seem interested. Donnie didn't seem interested. Mikey didn't seem no. interested in April. They were all interested in her being a human mm-hmm. and having a human friend and learning about humans. Okay. Which is cool. But that's, then that's, you saw the Leo kind of wanted to be a little romantic mm-hmm. with April. So mm-hmm. I get where you're coming from there. As far as April O'Neil, let's talk about it. Okay. There was yeah. a lot of backlash when April O'Neil's concept designs or look in the trailer or posters, whatnot, when that dropped into the internet, it created this divide that I know these creators, Seth Rogen and the director, they, they, this is all intentionally designed. So as of right now, it's time to get dangerous. This film was intentionally, strategically created to divide the fandom. How so? What are you talking about, man? I I guarantee you, they intentionally dissected your... Bro, I've talked about things when it comes to Star Wars, uh, the Sonic movies, the Mario movies. These people are intelligent, money-making machines. These production houses, these marketing teams, they know what they're doing. When it comes to what Disney is doing with their franchises, their IPs, it is intentionally designed. These are not creators that are wanting to create to say, we're paying homage to these. No, they are assassinating franchises dissecting them at a surgical level and they are feeding the masses what they know they know the old heads the og fans are not gonna like they are going 45 degrees into another direction and saying We're creating this with the intention that we know this is not for you. And we are going to drag this shit through the mud, spit on you and disrespect for you. And when you turn our and when we turn around and look at you after we spit on you, we drove over you and we disrespected you publicly in front of the world. 
If you have the audacity to stand up and say you don't like this, we're going to point at you and say you're the problem with pop culture. You're not a true Turtles fan. Because you need to consume and love and champion this new generation of Turtles. And I say it's bullshit. It's absolute dog shit. It is a blatant attack on nostalgia. And us as nostalgia warriors have to stand up, do our part, and fight against these people who are trying to destroy the very things that we love, the things that we hold near and dear, the things that we're passionate about, right? We're creators. We want to create things in, to pay homage to the things that came before it. They're like, no, 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 no. We're going to bleed it dry. We're going to suck the life out of Ninja Turtles and keep making films. And you got to just sit there and watch it because you're a Ninja Turtles fan, right? One thing I want to get across when it comes to the current landscape of pop culture with nostalgia bait and all of these companies knowing that the people that grew up on these franchises are in their later years they have children right we all know this that the it's the parents that are bringing their children to experience this new rendition of turtles sonic mario Disney properties, everything like that. This has to be said and there must be a line drawn in the sand. Just because you do not like what you consume does not make you not a fan. It is okay to say, this isn't for me, that's fine. But it needs to be and it is okay to say, not only is this not for me, but this is an assassination on the franchise. This is disrespect. I feel emotionally disrespected. I feel nostalgically disrespected, if that's even a thing, but it is now as nostalgia warriors. We grab our shotguns, we grab our tools, we grab our weapons, and we fight this war. And the only way we can fight this war against these conglomerates, this big brother entity that we call Hollywood, I will not consume. And, and I will say, with my tin foil on my head, that I've not given Nickelodeon a dollar. They've taken what is more meaningful to me, which is my time. And they've disrespected me. And hopefully, and I know that there are people out there that will agree with what I am saying as an old Ninja Turtle fan. But they will not publicly say these things. Because they are afraid of the shame of saying, you, sir, you, ma'am, are not a Turtles fan. Because if you were, you would champion this new generation. I stand my ground. I draw my line in the sand. This is disrespect. And we ain't down with that. And if you are, we got two words for you. Suck it. As much as I thought I was going to be completely repulsed, disgusted, and hate April O'Neil's depiction, I didn't.
think it was honestly that bad as far as the actual character. I loved the concept of April jotting down notes. Oh, I want to make a story of this. Do, do, you, do you guys have ears? Like, how do you think? <laughs> I did not like the, are you the source of COVID? Yeah. If you freeze frame her notepad, she's talking about like, do you, do, were you the source of COVID? Are you guys vaccinated? Right. It I didn't say that. Or it, it just talked about COVID. Oh, COVID-19. Yeah. yeah. But it was kind of weird. I thought that was very distasteful, mm. um, disgusting. But as far as Car- uh, uh, April O'Neil herself, I loved the the little her little arc of, oh, she didn't like the lights and the cameras, <laughs> and it's like as much as we vibe with that, right? Because I yeah. I related to. That. I'm like, hey man, when these lights come <laughs> on, bro, this is a different vibe, right? It's this is crazy. something that we have adapted to, <laughs> and so her little journey that was depicted of not wanting to be in the spotlight but then she, she puked everywhere i didn't like that i didn't like it either. i didn't like that at all that whole scene was just not very tasteful but i personally did like her overcoming that yes i loved her to overcome that and she wanted to put the truth out there channel six it's april o'neill and the, these turtles are actually on her side i liked that they gave her an arc so that's a good thing yeah. and she was she was more or less like determined you know she was like i'm gonna steal that bike mm-hmm. hey turtles i have this you know she was like go get her mm-hmm. right she wasn't a damsel in distress but the thing of it is is april o'neill has never been a damsel in distress no so that's not new for the people that are championing this april o'neill saying like she's a go getter <laughs> she's a girl boss right that's a mm-hmm. buzzword these days mm-hmm. um april o'neill i'm sorry to tell you has always been a girl boss yeah, she's always uh, on the side of the turtles, figuring stuff out, you know, solving crimes, you know, helping the turtles. And so that's nothing new, really. When Nickelodeon made her like a fighter where she's like at the same level as Casey Jones, when Nickelodeon decided to make those changes to April, I didn't like him at first. But when you have this ongoing world of the turtles, the fact that April O'Neil having no martial art experience her best friends are these mutant martial artists. <laughs> the fact that over the years she does understand and learn to defend herself, I like that. Yeah, I'm sure she's gonna like get some lessons from like Raph or something, and right? She's dating Casey Jones. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, she's gonna pick up on how to defend herself. There's a foot clan and these evil people after them. They're gonna teach April O'Neil how to defend herself. It makes sense. So I like that. But the fact that this is like some new stereotype of April, um, it's not. She's always been a badass. She's always been outgoing. She's always going to go get the story. She's got that Lois Lane vibe. Yeah, man. She, you know, <laughs> she she's always been that. And so this is nothing new. But at the end of the day, out of the whole scope of the film, April O'Neil was not my issue. My biggest issue with the film was definitely the changes of key certain characters. Um, Ones that I loved, right? Uh, And that it just caused me to really not even want to watch the film anymore. Um, At a certain point, like I said, I I just, I kind of regretted it. And that's hard for me to say as a Turtles fan. It's like I walked away regretting having actually watched the film because I just did not really vibe with it the way i hoped i knew it was going to be bad 
I saw the nostalgia bait with the posters, and that's exactly what it was. It was nostalgia bait, and it wasn't even good nostalgia bait. No, once you, it wasn't great. Once you're sitting in the seat and you're watching this movie, um, it you were deceptively. It, I felt like I was deceptively lied into watching this. Um, there's a scene where Raphael spits on a thug. What was that about? That's... I felt like it was a character assassination. I understand Raphael is angry. I understand he's a little angsty. True, um, yeah. But the fact that you have the turtles walking away from a pizza party that their father, which they're supposed to love, which was missing from the movie... Um, and you have Raphael spitting physically on a thug was so just not the turtles. It was weird to me that the family vibe that they were going for was between the turtles and the fellow mutants and not between the turtles and Master Splinter, their own father who took them in, raised them, taught them martial arts. You said something when we when we had got done watching the movie, and you said something that stuck with me was, on paper, there's it, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. On paper, the whole movie kind of makes sense, but because it was you, the execution of it. You have all the elements of a turtle film franchise. You have everything. You have characters. You have a rogues gallery of all these characters who have never really been in like a live action I well not live action but uh, in a movie film right before it's like they're introducing these new characters they're bringing together this rogues gallery of people of villains of villains right and they sort of start off not as villains but then you see them quickly turn into that and then they're just like they're in the background and they don't really even do anything and it has no weight to it there is no weight. but on paper when you look at it it's like we have xyz yeah. we have this we have that we're gonna do this we're gonna set up shredder in the next film new york pizza an utron obviously that was an utron right mm-hmm. the the uh, cynthia right mm-hmm. which was like the main villain um that was obviously an utron they're setting up that bringing probably dimension x through her character bringing krang and you have shredder coming which is going to bring the foot and so i think there is like this um we had we had said this was it was like oh this is like a a um like a batman begins right this is like a prequel this isn't the turtles you know and love but these are going to turn into the turtles you know and love um, I want to make a complete, clear uh, comparison to two franchises that stemmed from the, you know, circa 1980s that have gone through multiple, multiple video game, um, live action, television shows, films, animation, toys, every market of pop culture, every market of media, you have Super Mario Brothers, and you have Ninja Turtles. Both franchises have done it all. You have the Super Mario Brothers movie, which is a foundation for the future of storytelling. It's an introduction to a new generation, giving homage and respect to the old heads. If you were 50 watching that movie that grew up with the original Famicom, like if you were playing the old games, or if you just got into Mario with this movie, 
it gave respect to everything and it paid homage and it has a bright future ahead of it. Then you have this movie. And so you can clearly see that there's two ways to do animated films of franchises that people like us know and love. And Seth Rogen and company chose to go the divisive way. And it may be a creative choice, right, to put their own stamp, their own seal of this is how we want to tell our turtle story. And I get that as fellow creators, right, we all want to do our own version of things. But when you take something that people love and they're passionate about and you change the original reason why it was loved, now you're doing it a disservice. Seth Rogen, you lost me. Nickelodeon, you lost me. Nickelodeon's the new Disney. You're dead in the water. Well, we finished Mutant Mayhem. We watched it. We experienced it. And much like April O'Neil, you can call me Puke Guy because I was puking the whole time I watched this damn thing. Yeah, man, it really wasn't great. Uh, and that's very unfortunate because we are big turtle fans. We old heads, right? I guess old you could heads, say. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, this is what Nickelodeon and the Turtles franchise is looking like. That's the future of what it's going to be. There's already a couple of films. It's a clear indicator that Nickelodeon does not have the best interest for mm. turtle fans. Do they and they don't respect the turtle lore, the turtle franchise. It's clear, it's evident um, these people strategically franchise assassinated character assassinated the entire landscape of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And when it comes down to the creators of this film, the creators of this project, and whatever future uh, projects that these people do, the one and only thing that I have to say as a Ninja Turtle fanatic is Cowabunga! 